Good morning, Christchurch. It is so good to be with you today, and uh, thank you for tuning in. We are uh, continuing our series of sermons on the book of Haggai, and today, as you've heard, we're up to chapter 2, verses 1 to 9. And last week we saw how Haggai came to proclaim to the returning people of Jerusalem to start again the rebuilding of the temple after it laid just with the foundations built for 14 years and then not one brick laid on top of another. And uh, he called them out on that and called them to stop focusing on themselves uh, and to focus on, on effectively the things of God. The temple wasn't simply a building. The temple was the, the focus of their faith. It was the focus of their community. It was so much more than the building. It was the, the physical um, epitome of all that God was and in it would dwell his glory. So it was vital that they rebuild the temple. Uh, and here it's uh, just a few weeks further on and they've started the work. But there's something going on here as you will probably have gathered by the reading. There's, there's some chatter going on and Christians are, are not immune to this either, are they? You know, when, when something about God's work is happening, there's always a negative voice somewhere. And in this particular case, what we have are some of those who could remember, vaguely just remember, the original temple that had been destroyed by the Babylonians. They could remember how amazing and impressive that building was. And they looked at the new temple as it was being built. And they're saying, well, it's not as good as it used to be. In fact, you can read in Ezra uh, chapter 3, even as they built the foundations, they had a big celebration. And amongst all the shouts of praise, it says that there were wails and weeping as well from those who could remember how it used to be. And that's, it's just like no different to the church, is it? No matter what people start with in church, there's always someone saying, well, it was better in the old days. It used to be better like this. It used to be better when we did that. There's a constant looking back. And so looking to today and looking forward to the things of God. And in our reading, we heard God ask three questions. He says, who of you is left who can remember the former glory of this house? And it was only a small number of people. It's 70 years since that old temple had been pulled down. So it is a few people, but it only takes a few people to disrupt the work of God with a negative voice. And he says to them, how does it look to you now? Does it look as if it's nothing? And it's almost like God's saying, look, I know it's different. After all, God's ordained this. God had called them to rebuild the temple and he knows it's different to how it was in the past. And that's important for us today. See, there's a danger and there's a difficulty with comparison, isn't it? And comparison is a huge thing for people today, especially those who, who love to go through social media and they compare their lives to the lives of other people who are showing their best bits on social media, not their worst bits. And it's pretty much like that with churches. Because you can go on 
the internet now, you can go on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube particularly and see all the best bits of what other churches are doing. Or we can think back to the past and try and remember what it looked like. But we always look at the past with rose-tinted glasses. And what we do is we compare what we're involved in or what our church is doing and say, well, it doesn't seem as good as what they're doing over there. Or it doesn't seem to be as good as how it used to be in the past. I've been around church long enough to know that every generation, every church era, every church currently, no matter how it looks, has its issues. No church is perfect. We've all heard that, haven't we? And yet in our comparison, what we're doing is saying, well, that seems to be better than ours. And of course, it's never the case, really. And what we have here is the people of Israel looking back and comparing, saying it doesn't seem to be as good as it used to be. I've been in a number of churches that where I've heard about this kind of golden era of that particular church, whether that was kind of 20, 30, 50, 70 years ago. And you'll hear people say, oh, the church used to be full. And yet <laughs> we have records to show it never was. It was never full. But we look back sometimes and almost retell history in a different kind of way. And sometimes it's far from reality. There's a danger in comparison. We're not always comparing like for like. We're not always comparing things equally or even fairly. And of course, particularly when we look back, we don't remember the issues in the past. Sometimes we just remember the good times. We just remember the good things that happened. And here for the people of Israel, there was a small number of people who were looking back and remembering how it used to be and disrupting what was going on by constantly saying it used to be better. And what we hear is God saying this to them. Look, I know this is what's going on. But then he reminds them of one thing, and that's his faithfulness. He says to them, I am with you. And then he says, and my spirit remains among you. The same spirit that used to be at work in the temple is still at work in the people of God then. And that's, that's something to hold on to for these people. That it's the same God. The temple might be different, but that doesn't matter. It is the same God who is at work amongst them and is with them. And for us, we have to hold on to that too, don't we? It is the same God at work in our church as in every other church. It's the same God that's at work now who used to be at work in our church 50, 60 years ago. At the moment, we're, we're doing some research on the history of the church because our 200th anniversary soon. And we're hoping to have uh, an exhibition describing our story. And the one thing I can guarantee we will, we'll avoid saying is that it used to be better back then because that is not true. It is the same God at work then as at work now. And that is what we hold on to. But after this declaration of his faithfulness, he then gives three commands. What are those commands? He says, be strong. And I think that it's almost like he's saying, hold your nerve, carry on doing the work. 
don't be put off by the naysayers and the doom-mongers and, and those who are looking back and looking at the present with a negative eye and expressing their disappointment. Because that's just discouraging, isn't it? He's saying, be strong and stay focused on the work. And then he says, do not be afraid. And the one thing that they had struggled with in the rebuilding of the temple was that they'd faced opposition and even persecution. And as they start to rebuild the temple again, it's almost like they're starting, well, will this come again? Will the same persecution and opposition come against us? And he's saying, don't be afraid. And then he says, work. Get on with the work I have tasked you to do. Be strong, hold your nerve, don't be afraid, get on with the work. That feels like, to me at least, that feels like commands to us today. As we try and come out of this whole pandemic and the restrictions we've been in, as we look around us into a changing environment, it's easy to be afraid, it's easy to be uncertain. But I'm sure God's saying, look, be strong, hold your nerve, Trust in my presence with you. Let's get on with the work. I don't know what that work might be for us, but I'm sure he's going to show us. He is going to show us. And then what we have right at the end is a promise from God here to the people of Israel. What does he say? The glory of this present house, the house that they are building, will be greater than the glory of the former house. Despite people saying it used to be better, God's saying, look, the glory of this house will be better than that. See, we, we look at things through our own eyes, don't we? And we make our judgments according to whatever criteria we want to conjure up at that particular time. A church, another church could look good because it has a great band or lights or lots of young people or lots of activities in the community. We can look and judge things according to whatever criteria we think is important at that particular moment in time. But we are simply judging with our own eyes. We don't always see things as God sees them. And when God's speaking to this people now in, in this book, he's saying, look, you, you're looking at the outside of this temple and maybe it's not as big as it used to be. And maybe it doesn't look as glorious as it used to be. But what I am going to do in it is going to be more special than what I did in the previous temple. And in the end, we should not be deceived by appearances. Sometimes the smallest church that looks like it's struggling it can have the biggest impact in the community simply because of the presence of God amongst the people. The biggest church could be struggling in all sorts of ways. We just don't see it. I remember Bishop Paul talking about uh, our, our desire in a diocese is to build a bigger church. We want to see more people knowing Jesus. Absolutely, we want to see that. But the other part of our vision is to make a bigger difference. A bigger church making a bigger difference. And you can actually have a bigger church that actually makes no difference. And Bishop Paul talked about a friend of his who had a huge church. And he said, you've got a really big church. And his friend said, no, I haven't. I've got a fat and lazy church. 
And that's important for us to hear, isn't it? That bigger does not mean better if it's not living out the purposes of God. And small can be beautiful if it is living out the the purposes of God and dwelling in his presence. That's what really matters. Let's not be deceived by how things look. And you know, as we start to move into doing, trying to find out what new things God wants us to do, it might be that we will start some new things and they may seem small and almost insignificant. And we'll look back to some of the big things that we used to do at Christchurch. And yet these small, insignificant things actually in God's hands may have a bigger impact than anything we've ever done. That's how God's kingdom works. And when we are seeking first the kingdom, we have to put aside how we perceive things and try and see things as God sees them so that we may partner with him properly, whether it is in the big glorious things or in the small seemingly insignificant things. It's what God does with that that really matters. It's his presence, isn't it? Let's not be deceived by appearances. And what does God say right at the end? He says, in this place, I will grant peace. Here's a people who had faced persecution, who'd faced oppression, who'd been exiled and now coming back. And here in this, what seems to be an insignificant temple compared to the previous one, he promises them a peace that they never experienced before in that previous temple. You know, I am excited about the future for the church here in Southport. I'm excited about the future for Christchurch. But you know what? I just want to see God work. I'm excited because I really believe that no matter what we do, the glory of God in what we do may be bigger and more important and more significant and more impactful than anything we've ever done before. Let's not be deceived by appearances. Let's not get caught just looking back. But let's look forward to see what God will do amongst us. Let's just hold on that thought for a moment. Let me encourage you just to where you are to, to stop kind of processing things and just to hear God. To take the time to stop and listen to him. What is God saying to you right now? And I really feel something of what I said will kind of stir some people. Stir some people who've been tempted to look back a lot. See, God wants you to be involved in what he has planned both now and in the future. And the more you look back, the less likely you are to be involved and partner with him in what he's doing now. I think God's calling you now. And you can feel that. You can sense something of that. I also feel that, really feel that God wants to say something to some people. To say something about getting to work. You felt, you felt a call from God in some way. You felt that upon your life for a long time. 
And you've kind of ignored it. And here what God wants to say to you, be strong, don't be afraid. He is calling you to partner with him in what's, what is to come. And you, only you have a, an idea what that is. I don't. But I think God wants to emphasize to some of you, he is calling you to action. He's calling you to be part of the people who are building his kingdom here and now. Let me just pray. Father, I thank you for this passage. I want to thank you for the way it speaks to us today. Help us all, Lord, to hear your voice. Help us all, Lord, to hear what you're saying to us. Help us, Lord, to not simply compare ourselves to other churches or other generations and think that in some way we are less, that we are not what we should be. Help us, Lord, to focus on what you're doing amongst us now. Help us to see how you are at work and how we can work with you. Lord, we want to be involved in the building of your kingdom here. So, Lord, help us to see what you're doing. Give us the boldness to step into action. And, Lord, we pray that whatever we do now, whatever we step into, that the glory of what will be will be greater than the glory of what was. That your presence amongst us, your power amongst us, will outshine anything that has ever happened before in the wonderful 200 years history of Christchurch. Lord, we want to look forward with faith. We want to look forward with hope. We want to look forward with a sense of certainty that you are with us. So Lord, we pray now, help us to lift our eyes to the future. Help us to see what's going on around us. Help us to see where you're at work. And give us the courage, Lord, to join in with you. Believing that you can do something significant amongst us. In Jesus' name. Amen.